Ipsocks with the TVBs back again. You know what that means. I'm Ryan. I ain't lying. I'm Gina with the Tita. We tune in, can't get enough. So drink up and listen up, you bees. Yeah, it's us, the TVBs. I'm Ryan. I'm Gina. And we're back, 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 back again. Better than ever, I hope. Yeah, it's been since uh, October. Uh, we did our Haunting of Hill House on Friday the 13th. Uh, After we went to the Winchester Mystery House. That's right. I almost forgot about that moment because if you guys didn't know, I mean, we're all in different states and counties um, across the U.S., but we are now on, I think, the purple tier. Purple tier, yes. Um, which means outdoor dining, salons, museums. There's a lot of businesses that are opening back up as of this week. But we were able to... On Thursday in the middle of a rainstorm. Yeah, we're getting ready for Why a storm, not? TVBs. But um, during the time in October, we had like this little short window where we could basically get to live our life for a minute with masks on, mm-hmm. socially distanced. And so what did Ryan and I do? We took a trip to the Winchester Mystery House. Mm-hmm. Second time, yes. I might add. And then we recorded shortly after. Yeah. So that was the last time we spoke to you guys. Yeah. It must have, we must have been so spooked. It was so spooked. <laughs> we left the airwaves for quite a little bit. Well, one of the funniest things about the last time that we recorded an actual episode of the main TVBs uh, series is that uh, it's a series that uh, The Haunting of Blind Manor, you know, had a follow-up to it. And we were able to watch that afterwards. So we might have to cover that in a later totally episode. Um, and it's also really cool that we went to Winchester the same day that we, we recorded about a haunted house. I know. I mean, we somehow just do things like that. Yeah. What a coincidence. Um, if you've missed us uh, since then, hopefully you were able to catch us. We were featured on uh, the Quality Goods podcast, which you can find on Anchor as well as many other platforms. Spotify, Pandora yeah. as well. Um, starring Anson and Chris. And we basically just talked about podcasting and TV. We just talked about TV the whole time. What makes us buzz about TV? And, uh, you know, a lot of this season, I've we've mutually chosen or I've chosen, like, the shows. But Gina actually chose the series that we're going to be covering today. And it took me it took me a couple of months to get through it, and it's only six episodes, but I was actually pleasantly surprised by it and equally disappointed by it. Same. Okay. I actually will say same, and we'll totally get into. I that think I'll a rewatch bit. it again. But before we uh, start uh, referring to the show as it the rest of the time, let's go ahead and tell them what it is. Ooh, should we do a drum roll? Sure. Okay. The Undoing. Um, So just disclaimer, everyone. If you are a long-term fan of ours, I posed um, not a question, but more of something for Ryan to do and accomplish and complete, which he didn't, which was watch Little Fires Everywhere on Amazon, I believe. I think so. And so if you guys have been listening to the last few uh, podcasts, 
you will hear me say multiple times that our next episode will be all about little fires everywhere. But because Ryan did not do his task, I'll let him rebuttal in one second. I pose the next task of the undoing because it was just released on HBO Max. I was so excited because of a couple key players that um, star in The Undoing, and I left it up to him. So uh, go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> well, you, I know that Little Fires Everywhere has been one of your favorite shows that you've seen in the past year, and you've talked it up so much. I thought it would be the perfect season finale to end on a really strong note. Okay. Well, you know what? I guess I'll take that. And if, I have a way with words. And you guys, if you don't hear um, Little Fires Everywhere again. <laughs> then it's completely my fault. <laughs> then it's really that. Ryan's fault. He gets one more <laughs> chance. But anyways, I'm so excited to talk about why I loved The Undoing, but also how I really think it fell short. And this actually might be the first show that truly fell short for both of us. I guess uh, it's the shortest series we've I mean, ever covered. I mean, A, yes, it's the shortest short series. Six episodes. Six episodes, which you would think would go by so fast, but it truly leaves you on the edge of your seat. And I guess we can kind of just go into the summary yeah. of what The Undoing is and basically why we think you should watch it, even though I, I did think it fell short, but I mean... Everyone has their own analysis and reactions to kind of like a whodunit mystery. And before like Gina reads the summary, I have to say what made me want to record this was seeing the Wikipedia summary and seeing that it's a mystery psychological thriller. And yes. Hitchcock is one of my favorite directors and genres in general. Um, so that's what made me choose it. So without further ado, here's the summary of The Undoing, read by... Gigi <laughs> um, That's my Instagram, at Gigia. So according to Wikipedia, The Undoing is an American mystery psychological thriller television miniseries based on the 2014 novel You Should Have Known, which we can kind of get into that in a little bit. Um, the miniseries stars Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant and premiered on HBO on October 25th, 2020. It was the first HBO show to gain viewership every week over the course of the season and was the biggest U.S. show to launch on Sky in the U.K., beating the record previously held by Game of Thrones, which, Damn. I mean, Game of Thrones, for all of you fans out there, for anything to beat Game of Thrones week to week is pretty huge. So you can see how I think it, a miniseries well, of just six episodes rather than, you know, Game of Thrones goes on for years. There's so many seasons, so many episodes, so much content, um, but something, like, very short, like, a very quick, like, tidbit of time, I feel like, I don't know, I was, like, definitely pinned to the TV week after week. And the cool thing is HBO didn't just unveil all six episodes. You literally have to sit on the couch every Thursday or whatever day it was at X time to see the show, which I think was, um, you know, a masterpiece on HBO side. Yeah. 
Um, one thing that I really appreciated about this season, even though it took me a little bit over a, a month to complete, I watched like the first four episodes and then last night I watched like the last two. And when I saw the ending, I, it was very late. So I waited to cuss Gina out via text <laughs> until the morning. Um, but I, I appreciated watching a short season mm-hmm. it almost reminded me of like the feuds or like the haunting series where mm-hmm. the whole story is just wrapped up in one season or do you remember uh i i remember the first season starred uh felicity huffman uh and the dad who played older hugh in uh the haunting of hill house but it was called just american crime mm. and the first season was set in fresno and like their son who was a soldier guy. but basically it was like an anthology series mm-hmm. almost like american horror story mm-hmm. where each season is it is its own separate story which we might do on a later yeah. podcast yeah so stay tuned for that but I, I i love seasons that everything's just so concise and mm-hmm. just wrapped up beautifully um one thing that i do have to say about the undoing is Neither one of those actors are my favorite, but I was really pleasantly surprised with each of their performances, Hugh Jackman and Nicole Kidman. They are two of, I wouldn't say my favorite actors or, you know, in general over the years, but I do have a lot of favorite movies that each have played in. Okay. And what's kind of cool is Nicole Kidman is so like versatile and I feel like you either love her or you hate her. Like you're not really in the middle. You just, you either embrace her or you can't stand her um you can just look her up and look at memes throughout time i mean they're pretty epic her clapping with her rings on oh Um, keith urban is so fine to me by the way he has the oddest straightened hair length but it works yes well underneath his cowboy hat because once that thing comes off it's like whoo (laughs) <laughs> kind of just like Nicole Kidman and her wigs, which we'll get into later. Well, one thing I have to say about Nicole Kidman is she's very hit or miss. Mm-hmm. She was in The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, right? Or, I believe so. Well, I know that she was definitely in Practical Magic, and I love her in that. And I love her in The Stepford Wives. I can't say I really love her in anything else. But Moulin Rouge? I don't love the movie, but I was obsessed with the soundtrack. Actually... I realized that she sang the um, theme song, uh, Dream a Little Dream of Me for The Undoing, because I recognized her voice. Spoiler alert. Spoiler (laughs) alert. Because I recognized her voice from um, one of my favorite songs from the Moulin Rouge soundtrack, Elephant Love Song. Um, And I was like, it wasn't until last night, and then like I was watching the fifth episode, and I was like, I know this voice. And then I Googled, like, who sings the themes? Of course it's her. Why Why wouldn't it be her? She's starring in it. She has a very good voice, actually. She does. Um, I feel like her and her husband made quite the pair, but... I did just watch her in the prom. What did you think of that? I actually never watched it. I think you should watch it. Okay. I don't think you would mind it. I didn't love it, but I didn't mind it. I would probably watch it again. I, I think it would be a great background movie if that So makes the last sense. few... Um, so Meryl the prom, Street was the best, too. Was, the know. Undoing, Bombshell. That was another recent... I didn't see Bombshell. ...movie that she's been in. And Big Little Lies, which you already know is one of my favorite... Um, let's just see. I'm kind of looking at her IMDb. If there's anything we may have missed, let us know. 
Australia. That was so hyped up and I did not like it. It was way too long. I was so bored. I didn't watch the Bewitched. You know, the thing is, other than the Adams Oh, the others. The others. That was, wasn't that my, uh, that was my supplemental inspiration for Hill House. Who would have known that months later we'd be talking about good old NK again. But I was pleasantly surprised with her performance. Um, And, okay, so Hugh... Hugh Grant, um, I learned that this was like his Have first. I've been saying Hugh Jackman this whole time. I think so. But Hugh, Hugh Jackman, we Hugh also Grant. love. <laughs> um, Hugh Grant, this is the first time he's ever played. Well, should I say spoiler alert? <laughs> well, it's the first time he's been on TV, right? It's, on a it's the first time he's played a role like this, where he's accused of. Murder. I'll just put it like that. He's usually the lover. Yeah. He's usually like the cutesy lover, very quirky, very bouncy. Notting Hill. Notting Hill. Love Actually. Uh, Let's look. Let's do his IMDB really quick. We're diving into new territories for TVBs. We're actually telling you where to find these actors. I know. Yeah, you're right. Love Actually. See, Love Actually. Oh, it's such oh, a good movie. I actually forgot that he was in Four Weddings and a Funeral until just now. Oh, Bridget Jones' Diary, of course, of course. All right, so he's... He, so if you look at his he's past not my movies... Favorite. Okay, I have a really side question, and then we'll go back into The Undoing. But I feel like Nicole Kidman was definitely, like... It was either between, like, her and Julia Roberts, and Meryl Streep, and Tony Collette as, like, people who were, like, prominent in, like, the 90s and 2000s, and still today. Mm-hmm. Do you have a preference of any of those four actors that I... I love I Julia Roberts. I have a very soft spot for her. Um, I don't think I could see her in a role like this. Um, no. Her smile no. is something that I could not see in a trial. Yeah. So. <laughs> no. Julia Roberts. I think Nicole Kidman is just chilling enough for this role. The white, pale skin, the attitude. Mm, the accent. The accent. You have no clue where she's from. The hand. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she, I really do believe, was perfect for this role, especially for those that don't like her. I feel like. You're, you're going to, if you don't like her going into the undoing, then I can just see you thinking she must have done it the whole time. Actually, I started kind of liking her when I watched uh, Pretty Little Lies. Oh, so good. She's like one of the best on Pretty Little Lies, but... And mind you, like her character in Stepford Wives and Practical Magic, like I would easily like play either of those roles. So like, I like her as an actress. I... I, I, I think when it comes right down to it, I just don't like the roles that she has. Mm-hmm. But, I but think do we blame her for that? Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Like, she makes these choices. But Hugh Grant, I just, like, think he's, like, this little goofy, funny guy that I love to, like, you know, maybe have an Irish car bomb with and mm-hmm. You know what giggle. I thought would have made this series better? Daniel Craig is that part. Ooh. Yeah, you or know. Or Benedict Cumberbatch. I do think they could have cast his role in a different way, but I think at the same time, 
by casting an actor like Hugh Grant, it made the viewers think it can't be Hugh Grant. Hold on, side note, I really love that we're telling everybody what we hate about these actors before we've even <laughs> talked about anything. Well, about we're this. hoping that you guys have already watched it by now. And if not, like yeah. we said before any of our podcasts, I mean, don't listen if you don't want us to basically tell you everything and anything yeah, about it. If you're new to this podcast, every single sentence could be a spoiler alert. <laughs> so my apologies in advance, but keep on listening. You're going to have a good time. Speaking of having a good time, uh, if you're new to the TVB's experience, uh, what we do is we have a drink every episode. Uh, and we have a buzzword every episode. Yes. Our drink tonight is called the Undone. The Undone is basically a very strong margarita because tequila basically gets you... Undone. Yeah. In, in many different ways. <laughs> um, uh, and then we also have our bees box. Go ahead and shake it up. Make it buzz. And uh, I'm going... Gina picked... Uh, six buzzwords that she put into a box i'm going to pick one whenever we say this word whether it's uh accidental or what's the opposite of accidental on purpose wow <laughs> you drink listeners you drink you little tvbs i picked some really good words so hopefully you picked one that all right actually I picked undone. Oh, go figure. So let's have a sip of our undone. And, uh, and cheers to the first sip of the pod. Well, I've been sipping, but <laughs> welcome, folks. Cheers, you bees. Uh, one of my favorite segments uh, that Gina had the brilliant idea of before we started season two was to choose three words to best describe the undoing from each of us. And I'm going to go ahead and we're going to do this... Uh, you know, what's it called? Fire round, shotgun yeah, let's style. Just, yeah, let's fire just, round. Let's just fire them off. Three words and one sentence to describe each word. Okay. Or, or the why of the word. Okay, so I will go first. Um, my first word. It's basically two words in one. Beautifully tragic. Mm. Once you watch The Undoing, um, beautifully tragic can basically play into any of the characters, but also overall. The undoing, the plot line, what happens throughout the story, and basically the ending, it's all beautifully tragic because it's beautifully written, but also so damn tragic. Um, spoiler alert. <laughs> Chilling because any mystery, any whodunit mystery is just chilling. You're on the edge of your seat. You are just like allured by the acting. And I will say like, even though we may have differences of the love or hate we have for Nicole or Hugh, like the acting is just like exceptional. Like mm -hmm. everyone really comes to play. And it's They're just all great actors. At the so end of the great. Day. Um, and we can get more into like who's who, but it's chilling. You just, you just can't stop watching. And it's only six episodes. So I like that word. I did get chill several times. Yeah. Um, and juicy. There is so Ooh, much juice one, that we'll Gina. get into, like, in a little bit. And it's as though, kind of like Pretty Little Lies, Little Fires Everywhere, a lot of these similar type shows that, you know, star Nicole Kidman and like actresses 
Um, they're juicy. It's like, I want to call up my friends or they, you know, these directors and writers want you to spark conversation with others about who do you think did it? I can't believe so-and-so did this, that, and the other. I mean, they want you to talk and they want you to exude some sort of reaction. And that's why I think people keep watching because there's some juice and I'm here for it until the end. But anyway, (laughs) Rye, what do you think? Uh, the first word that came to mind, and it's the only word that came to mind, and then I had to really think hard for the next two, even though the next two were way simpler. Okay, I'm rambling. Uh, unsuspecting. Mm. Even though everybody in the series, presumably aside from the attorneys, are suspects, mm-hmm. um, Everything, every single twist leaves you unsuspecting what you suspected. Yes. Um, One of the biggest things, and I'm I'm going to talk about this later, but it was during the trials and... Okay, this is the series that left me blue-balled. I, after every single episode... Anything that I thought I suspected was broken down with one swing of the axe. Mm -hmm. My next word is mysterious, which is actually just kind of a follow-up of my last one. Because every person, every frame of the camera, every line of dialogue, it left you feeling nothing but mysteriousness Mm -hmm. I agree my last word I was sad I was sad for the relationships I was sad for the infant that we're going to bring up I was sad for the children all of the children I was sad I was sad for myself (laughs) spending x amount of hours (laughs) spending six hours Thinking it possibly could have been one person when it was another. It it was literally the person that you did not think it was. From the second episode, complete alibi, complete everything. I agree with that. And mysterious and unsuspecting. These are all great words. So if you're looking for a series that's beautifully tragic, chilling, juicy, unsuspecting, mysterious, and sad... Watch it. If you do not want any spoilers, go ahead and pause right now. But at least get undone. Watch all six episodes. Get undone. Yes. And uh, resume the rest after you watch all six episodes. And it's available on what? HBO Max? HBO Max. Mm -hmm. And all six episodes are available. Uh, We are not sponsored by them, so... I don't give a shit if you watch it or not, but if you want to, uh, if you want to go ahead and just watch it before you listen to the rest of the episode, go ahead. If not, we'll be right back after these messages from us, uh, sponsored by Fat Snacks. Thanks. Oh my gosh, Ryan, I'm really trying to lose weight for my wedding because I need to fit in this dress in like three months. 
Have you heard of Fat Snacks? I haven't. What is that? Fat Snacks is a delicious food company that provides convenient, keto-friendly snacks, such as cookies, different types of teas, that really satisfy your cravings while maintaining your goals. Oh my gosh. So you mean I can basically eat cookies on the couch while watching Netflix? In moderation, but you don't have to feel bad about it. Oh my god. And this is called Fat Snacks? How do you spell it? Uh, F-A-T-S-N-A-X. And you could find them on Instagram at at eat fat snacks. And if you use promo code SNAX5, you will get 5% off of your order. Oh my god, that's amazing. I can't wait to try it and hopefully look damn good in that dress. You will, girl. You will. Thanks, fat snacks. Thank you ever so much. Um, I am feeling quite undone, and I am ready to have another cocktail before uh, I start my fat snacks regimen. Um, <laughs> I will still feel undone the day of the wedding. So cheers to that. Cheers, cheers. Gina, why don't you tell us about the undoing? Okay, listeners. So spoiler alert as you just get really comfy on your couch or if you're driving stuck in traffic, here's a little something about the undoing's gripping mystery. So basically, a young mother named Elena Alves was found, like I said, spoiler alert, so please stop this podcast if you don't want to know more. A young mother named Elena Alves was found brutally murdered in her artist studio. And Jonathan Frazier, who's played by Hugh Grant, a charming child oncologist who treated her son and also had an affair with her, is being charged with the crime. As one half of a rich Upper East Side power couple, his wife, Grace Frazier, who's played by Nicole Kidman, is a successful therapist. Frazier's case sparks public interest. The combination of the gory crime, the juicy affair, and his high-profile status turns the case into an outright media circus. Journalists crowd the courthouse. The trial is national news. It's up to Haley, who we've discussed as one of our favorite characters, a composed and calmly intimidating big big shot defense lawyer to cut through the noise and prove that her client is not guilty. So there is a lot to unload in just that um, analysis of the show alone, but I think we can start off by saying the juice is there. Oh yeah. I mean, like we said with our three words describing like the undoing, It is so juicy, and I think, I guess if we want to start with really, like, who Jonathan Frazier is, or kind of, like, the undoing, or how, you know, Hugh Grant's character becomes undone, or how, you know, the viewer, cheers, becomes, you know, undone. Um, We see him as, in the beginning, as this really just... Wholesome family wholesome, guy. Yeah, family guy. He has an amazing job. I think he's like featured as like one of the best doctors in, you know, the Upper East Side, mm-hmm. or he's in a magazine being featured or interviewed. For... Also, look at him, 60 something years old, and looking. Oh, I mean, he's. Damn great. I really think that he like checked all the boxes of like Zaddy for sure. Look at that couple, Hugh Grant and Nicole Kidman together. 
aesthetic value is A1. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And their son is quite adorable, too. Their son is... Oh, yeah. So, their son is adorable. They have only one son. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also learned that Nicole Kidman's father is, like, a billionaire. Mm-hmm. So, that probably doesn't The son help. is played by Noah Juke, who is also in A Quiet Place. He's the one with the curly hair. Oh, my gosh. Um, I think he was also in Honey Boy. He played... He was. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Shia he... LaBeouf's, like, younger... Uh, uh, Otis. Yeah. Otis. Uh, I love him. He's great and also thought he was a murderer as well. But. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was my main suspect. But, yeah, we, like, we just think that Hugh Grant is a wholesome person. And then we kind of find out certain things, episode to episode, that he is not. Mm-hmm. He is an oncologist who was treating... Um, Miguel. Miguel, who is Elena's son, um, who had cancer. Mm-hmm. And he basically... Elena and Fernando's Fernando Oh, my gosh. Son. And Fernando, you guys. Oh, another zaddy. I mean... He's the hottest one. He is so fine. And he kind of reminds me of... I don't know if you watched the recent Bachelor or Bachelorette, but Dale. And I can post this so you guys can see. Or remember um, there was like that prison break photo shoot where that guy was like so hot. Light skin, blue, green eyes. Oh, and then he ended up dating, like, uh, Ralph Lauren's daughter. Yes. Or... So that's the yeah. kind of vibe I get from him. Uh, Dale Jeremy mixed... Meeks. Yeah, so Dale mixed with Jeremy. And, yes, I, I definitely will post this because I I really think he's a beautiful person. But, anyways, we just find out that Hugh Grant, um, he's an oncologist, but then he hasn't been to work for months. Months. I think he was actually, like, let go or he, he, he was terminated. He, he was for quietly let go. Quietly let go because of his behavior with a certain patient's mother, who we come to find out is Elena, the woman who was brutally killed. We find out that he's had an affair with her. We find out that he's actually had a love child with her. Mm-hmm. And those are just, like, I mean, as a viewer... Finding out that he hasn't been to his job because he's been let go for a wife and for a viewer, I think you're definitely like, well, shit. Like, who the fuck am I married to? Who am I married to? And then it just keeps going. You find out that he had an affair. You find out there's a kid. I mean, that's some big ish. And it doesn't stop there. No, it definitely doesn't stop there. Another thing that you also find out about the characters is that, you know, you could be married to somebody and you don't really know who each other is. Mm -hmm. Like I said in the first slide, um, everything is very unsuspecting. And, you know, I thought that Nicole Kidman's character, Grace, could have been the murderer because you know, of jealousy. I thought the son could be the murderer because he, you know, saw them acting intimate together on school grounds mm. because Grace and Elena, they're both on the same committee mm-hmm. of their son's uh, the PTA. PTA board. Mm-hmm. Were your parents ever PTA? Oh, yes. My mom is definitely PTA. If I ever have a kid, I would love to be a member of the PTA 
My dad was the president and my mom was the vice president. I love that. And still everyone hated me. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know my son? Ooh. I remember. It was actually during the Clinton era. And this girl, I was like in third grade at the time. And this girl that was like in fifth or sixth grade, she was like kind of like getting on me and making fun of me. And I was like, my dad's the president. And she was like, the Clintons only have a daughter. And then my other classmate, Sonia, was like, you're stupid. His parents are the presidents of the PTA. And then she was hushed real fast. She was, actually. <laughs> um, but... This entire series, you keep meeting these characters, even Lily Robb, who we've talked about uh, several times from American, uh, Horror, American Story. Horror Story. Uh, she, you know, you might think that she's the suspect. Uh, during the last two episodes, I thought that Miguel might have been the suspect because... I think, like, every single character could have been a suspect mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form. And I know it's it's not deeply rooted to the book. Um, and I know this is a lot for, like, Hollywood. But I'm kind of, like, angry that they created the series like this. Yeah. Because well, here's anyone the thing. could have been a suspect. Jonathan is clear during episode two, mm-hmm. but he's still the main suspect. But you know damn well that it's not him because he has all of the alibis together. You Like, it's clearly not him. But everyone becomes... But everybody else is so obvious. Yeah. So you kind of know from the beginning it's not him, but it's like a, it's like a, it's like, it's It's a game of clue. Who killed Mr. Body? But they do show, right? Like, I do want to have another step. So they, (laughs) I want to say undone, but like they show each of these characters becoming undone. Like both of the sons, um, they, the grandfather. So Nicole Kidman's, um, father, Played by Donald Sutherland. Um, yeah, Elena's husband. Like, everyone you just see in certain moments um, just becoming undone in different ways. Like, the grandfather is trying to talk sense into his daughter, but also gave Hugh Grant tons of money. Mm-hmm. So you're like, what was that money for? Was it hush money? Were you basically told by Hugh to go kill Elena because you didn't want your daughter to find out? I mean, we can go on and on with theories, but I do find it, like, um, charming and alarming how you basically were sitting there thinking that anyone else in this series did it except for basically who was charged with the case in the very beginning, which was Hugh. Yeah, and uh like it couldn't have been that easy but somehow we in our minds created this you know storyline that didn't exist i don't think i ever told you this but in the first two episodes after i found out that there's no way that it could be jonathan yeah i thought it was one of the other moms of the pta Ooh. not even Lily like a fair wise or just like uh what's her name she was in Oh, God. So uh, not Lily. The Annalie Ashford character. Okay. She, I thought, okay, it could be her or maybe even the person uh, 
played by Fala Chen, who's also in the uh, PTA with mm-hmm. them. I was like, it could be another mom because it is alluded to that there are several infidelities. So, like, what if they found out about him and Elena and, like, murdered her? But then the shift really goes toward Grace and the son, both of the sons. Well, the t- detective would not let up with Grace. Mm-mm. We have oh, not mentioned him yet. No, the detective, he is actually He's an American crime, by, isn't he, he? He plays Gianni Versace yes. in... American Crime Story Versace. Edgar Ramirez. Edgar Ramirez. He is, he is so oh hot. Oh my gosh. I mean, he is this so is what we hot. say, you guys, when we mean like star studded cast. Yeah. He's beautiful. Um, but at the end of the day, like from episode one to episode two, I had different thought processes from episode two to three, three to four. Four to five, five to six, six to now. I have so many different thought processes to. Even after watching the series, I could see how anybody else could have done it, but I see why who did do it did it. And we do learn different things about Hugh. The things I mentioned earlier are like the major. The major things. But we do learn, um, I guess we can go into our top three highlights because Ryan, you have on here something that I think is really important of learning more about Hugh Grant's character. Do you want me to start? Yeah, I think you start um, because I think this definitely alludes to more about who he is and more on the lies that his wife has no idea about. And granted, she's mm-hmm. a therapist. Mm-hmm. So this whole time... Yeah. have we even mentioned that? She's a therapist, but she could not read her She cannot her read child, her own... Her... Anyone around her or the situation. her. To where we thought it could have been her for a minute. So actually, actually, yes, I'm glad that I'm starting because this actually goes into my third highlight. Okay, so for my first highlight, we have the trial. I feel like the fifth and sixth episodes are some of the, for the most part, best written and definitely best directed series that I've seen recently. Everything from the trial. You see Alina's beaten face, which basically looks like a flesh-colored piñata after the candy has fallen out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, You get to see the reactions of the parents, the husband, all of the children. But the most telling child to me in the edit was definitely uh, Grace and Jonathan's son Henry Mm -hmm. and they kept cutting to him and while they were talking about the crimes that were done he's looking down and you know everything I legitimately thought that it was him yes if not him I thought it was the grandfather (sighs) uh, which is uh, Grace's father yes who is very like matter of fact about everything but is also very stern and cold looking when they shoot to him in the audience. And I feel like the defense attorney and the prosecuting attorney, they both had valid questions for every single person and every single person was tested. And within those two episodes, every single person I thought was guilty and innocent at the same time, if that makes any sense. And I felt like it, 
it was the thing that made me undone, not knowing who fucking did it. Yes. The trial is brilliantly scripted and directed and acted, everything about it. There's even a point, this is where I thought that Lily Robb's character, who goes by the name of uh, Sylvia Steinitz, she who by the way there are great memes about lily's character really (laughs) um and how everyone thought that either she did it or she was having an affair with hugh grant which we can get into later but love her so much probably have an affair with hugh grant would you oh my god i mean well you're a married i'm a married lady (laughs) but he's hot yes um in a single life You'd probably yeah in a single life, (laughs) and then he'd probably give you like five thousand dollars of hush money, and you'd and the grandpa would give me some hush money, and I'd be like, damn, that's a hundred grand out the door. Here we go. (laughs) Anyways, go ahead. Uh, One of the things that I found the most fascinating about the trial was you like I I've said it before. I could rehash it a million times. You really don't know what's going on at the end of the day, but the cut shots are Mm -hmm. what tells you everything, which made me think that, um, you know, their son or her father were the main people behind it. Uh, I agree. I was put on a whirlwind throughout this. And then Grace decides, this is my second highlight, Grace decides to finally go to the witness stand and this is the very last episode and i think that was like one of the most like when i said chilling major that was like one of the most chilling moments because you had no idea what was going to come At out of the her mouth. end of uh the fifth episode their son henry he's a brilliant violinist he's you know been on it for years but she goes in to say goodnight. It's about to be the last day of trial the next day. And he's asleep and she finds his violin just out in the open. So In the closet. Yeah. Well, the violin. But then she goes into the closet to put it in the case that's mm-hmm. in the closet. And she goes ahead and goes to put it in and she finds the sculpting gavel that killed Elena and the murder weapon then we find there then we find out that uh the son has the murder weapon and prior to that she has a conversation with uh Jonathan's mother who says no he didn't kill that was it a dog or a cat uh he didn't kill the family animal He uh, accidentally left his younger sister unattended while ice skating. I thought it was just, like, outside in front of the house. Yeah. Oh, she was ran over. Yeah. She had, like, he left her eyes off of her for one second, and basically his whole life has been lying about his sister dying, and as it turns out... (laughs) You know, there was no animal that was spared. And uh, Nicole Kidman takes the stand realizing the murder weapon was in my house. Mm -hmm. I don't know who to trust. I am going to call my husband out right now. Yeah. 
And uh, it, like, broke to the credits right after, like, mm-hmm. she saw the murder weapon and the son's eyes, like, open in bed, seeing that Nicole Kidman saw this murder weapon. He was undone. He was undone. And, I mean, as a viewer, you're like, no, you can't give away that the son killed her because we still have, like, one more episode. Yeah, but... I was also very satisfied at the end mm-hmm. of that episode thinking, all right, this is the person that I think did it. Yes. And there it goes to show he did it. Aside from that, he washed his handprints off of the weapon by running it through the dishwasher two times. Mm-hmm. So that's why my second highlight is this conversation with uh, Jonathan's mom that Grace had. Uh it goes to show that he's lied constantly throughout his life. And at the end of the episode, you realize, you know what? Like I'm father, like son. married to a psychopath? <laughs> like father, like son. Which goes to my third highlight, which is Grace. She's a brilliant psychiatrist, but she cannot read her family or anyone close to her well she has these visions and i feel like these visions are the things that protect her true realizations to what's going on in life Mm -hmm. because she has these visions and passes out and imagines things and when she wakes back up, she's instantly brought back right into reality, but she still cannot accept that her visions are just delusions. Which made me think that maybe it could be Grace because maybe she's living a double life or she is forgetting the things that she has done, becoming undone, but... I mean, she's waking up and forgetting certain key aspects when the detective is, like, questioning her. She's remembering certain things and not others, which made it very, well, to a viewer, somewhat obvious that she could be a key suspect. And probably to the detective, too. Yeah. But, I mean... (laughs) So, those are my three uh, highlights. Definitely... Look forward to the trial at the end of the season. Look forward to the conversation that Grace has with Jonathan's mom. And also look forward to all of Grace's visions and delusions. Uh, <laughs> Gina, what are what are the three things that made you undone? Okay, so one um, key that stands out is the very beginning when we first meet Elena. I mean, Elena comes in... And you have this group of women, if you've watched Pretty Little Lies, um, like you just know that type of like Upper East Side, white, privileged, class person. Mm -hmm. Like the PTA is made up, I mean, maybe they're different nationalities, but everyone has money. Everyone is there to gossip. They're not really there to make changes. They're there just to... Basically kind of like outdo each other. Like, oh, well, so-and-so, like my son did X, Y, and Z, or he had this lesson and that lesson. And I just feel like it's very typical of the type of 
PTA member at this specific school. Mm-hmm. And then here comes Elena, who clearly is not dressed like any of the women. She does not speak like any of the women do. She does not know the women, but she is new to the PTA. And she has a child with her that we come to find out is basically the love child between Grace's husband and Elena. Grace has no idea at this moment who Elena is, but she's just like smitten with her. There's almost like this lesbianage between Mm -hmm. Grace and Elena. She's lured to like everything Elena does, like whether it be the way she talks or looks or her neckline. She basically takes her top off Elena and like feeds this child where her like, I mean, Elena has a great body and they constantly show that from like her breast at like the PTA table to when they go to the gym. I don't know if you remember that scene when Grace is like getting changed and somehow Elena just shows up and is naked in front of her. Like, hey, how you doing? It's nice to see you again. And looking back at all these moments where Elena somehow was at the same spots um, and meeting places that Grace would go to, which is the gym and PTA, like the two things besides being a therapist, like her sessions and the school, it's like, that's all really, you know, Grace would do. Elena knew something that Grace didn't know though. And well, she's like, this is your husband's baby with me Mm -hmm. and we're having an affair. But I, we learn later, she was obsessed with her. Yeah. Elena to Grace, I mean. She wanted to be a part of that family. Exactly. Um, so that was just really interesting to me, that first like opening scene where we meet Elena, because looking back, it kind of tells a story of this young, beautiful woman who just wants acceptance and to be accepted into a life that she is only a part of because of a affair. Yeah. So I love that. I'm um, kind of like moving more towards the middle of um, the season. Okay, so this word muck, I think is really huge in describing a lot of things. And I think I just want to play if we can. Um, oh, we can totally play it. The specific moment where the word muck is first introduced to all of the viewers. So let me turn my volume up and give this a listen. Are you saying that um, evidence isn't good? Add to that, he's got a truth problem. Are you saying that um, the case can't be won? I'm not saying that at all. I never underestimate the state's ability to things up. I can win almost any case, Grace. What I cannot do is wave a wand and make everything better. If he killed her, I can't make him innocent. I can't make him faithful. I know that. Do you? Yes. Many clients think I can undo everything. Wipe the slate clean. You sound like me talking to my patients. I understand that you're a very good therapist. You've probably fixed more than a few marriages. That's not my skill set. People hire me to create muck. That's what I can give you and your husband. Muck. 
So uh, that is, to me, a really important scene because basically Haley, who is fighting for the innocence of Hugh Grant, this is when we first hear a conversation between Grace and Haley. And it just shows that Grace, at this point, knows what's up. She is not going to get played and she's ready to do whatever it takes, you know, whether that's making him innocent or whether that's charging the hell out of him yeah. because he is not innocent. Because at that point, we didn't know if he was or not. Yeah. But we knew she was in it to win it. And they found Haley, who is just amazing. Actually, at that point, I feel like I knew that he was innocent. Um, I feel like I didn't know if he was innocent or not but i really hoped that they wouldn't end with him um being charged with the murder I i'm like you. how can you possibly set us through six episodes of this but anyway my question is muck is such like a big word of what she said that she creates in every case and to me i just feel like it was a definition of like white privilege money Muck is created to create innocence in a case to where someone can get off. Um, and I don't know if we want to say spoiler alert, but that doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just think that that's a very important part. So if you haven't seen Undoing, you don't care about hearing our spoilers. I love that scene. And my last like highlight is definitely the... Um, Scene at the end where I just felt like this was recreating an OJ trial. Oh, um, basically, yeah. the last few scenes, I think once we learn who the killer actually is, a lot of the viewers fell off because I think they were angry, they were upset, they were frustrated, they Confused. felt so many feelings. And so I think the ending of Undoing, a lot of viewers missed. Because they just turned it off or they didn't want to really truly watch what was happening. But um, basically, Hugh Grant takes the son for a wild ride that the police follow him for. And it just reminded me of the OJ case and how like so many people are following in, in those last moments. We have no idea what OJ was saying. But I feel like Hugh Grant was just like, okay, well... We're going to create a new life, and I just want to go on a ride with my son, and I just want to be normal. And you're basically caught red-handed. You know what's about to happen, but you want to portray as though you're still a good guy. You're still a good person. You still mean well, but you were put in a position of, you know, whatever he thought he was put into, which was all done by him. So those are my three um, let us know what your three are because, or just let us know if you even watched the ending. Because I know a lot of my friends who didn't watch the ending, um, at least the last 15 minutes where this like kind of OJ chase happened. And I think it's like very interesting to hear those that did what they think. So now that we've talked about all of our highlights before we go to break, you know, we already gave you guys several spoiler alerts, but... We were all led to believe that it's somebody else and Jonathan is the least innocent. But then in the last three to four minutes of the season, 
he's guilty. He's the guilty one. He did it. Spoiler! (laughs) He did it. And I was so pissed. I was so pissed at the ending. I wanted, you know, the the last person that I thought it would have been, but who I thought it could have been, was Grace's father. And I would have been so happy to know it was him to, like, save his daughter's marriage. But then when it was just him and he was, I, I thought he was just running away because that's his pattern. He runs away from trauma. No, he was running away from something directly, for the first time in his life, directly. His responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I guess, I mean, we can discuss this now or later, but, like, what were his motives or why he did it? Um, but I will say I was in a bet, a whodunit bet, and no one except for one person in her bet said it was Jonathan. And we thought, how could anyone choose Jonathan? It's clearly the grandfather. It's clearly either of the sons. It's clearly someone said the music instructor. Like, I mean, Uh... people literally, I mean, any viewer was just reading into, like we talked about earlier, any mysterious part of dialogue. And in the end, it was him all along. All along. So what I wanted to say earlier is it's Hugh Grant's first time playing a murderer. <laughs> there you go. And he said he's definitely open to playing one again. So I thought he, he did, did a great it. job. Yeah. He was convincing as the most innocent The person. most hated man alive. <laughs> hated man alive, but also the one who created a story for himself that was the most uh, innocent. Mm-hmm. He was like from Patch Adams to Pathological Liar. Patch, not Patch Adams. (laughs) Like, I mean, he was an oncologist who saved little kids' lives to literally... He went from Patch Adams to one-hour photo. Yeah. Real quick. (laughs) Real quick. But anyways, we'll be right back. We'll be right back after a message from... uh... Athea Skincare. Hey, TVBs. Gina here. Well, as you know, I have a lot of time on my hands right now, and the epitome of my quarantine can be summed up in one word, self-care. Today's active lifestyle deserves skincare that's up to the challenge. Enter Athea, formulated by active women for active women to give the best feeling skin you've ever experienced. And let me tell you, fellas out there, it's not just for women. I am feeling luxurious with these detox face masks. (laughs) I'm so excited to announce a new collaboration with the skincare line that's main objective is providing us with a feeling of finding beauty in our own skin. Visit atheaskin.com and use promo code ATHEATVBS15 at checkout for 15% off any product this month. That's A-T-H-I-A-T-V-B-S-15. Now, Ryan, pass me that face mask, and let's get buzzing. Here you go. Thank God for that face mask. I'm finally feeling not undone. I know. Thank you, Athea, for making me look not undone. Anyways, this is one of my favorite parts of our podcast, when our Instagram fans, our little TVBs, ask us questions about the shows that we're actually talking about. So we have a couple of questions that we kind of already 
a couple of questions we answered already, but some I think would be kind of fun to just discuss. Yeah. Like this and first any that one. we have answered, I am more than happy to elaborate. I know. Uh, please let me like do a take two. So, uh, question number one: How do you think the title "Undoing" plays into the show as a whole? Ryan, do you want to go first? Uh, how do? Uh, okay. So immediately from the first episode there's an unraveling of a relationship and of uh perceptions that happen so that's what i really think that the undoing is it's like the undoing of what you know is set in stone Mm -hmm. i like found out something super interesting from this question because i started thinking is there something deeper that we're just not seeing Mm -hmm. kind of like how muck we're like what does that word really mean? So I found out that undoing is a defense mechanism in which a person tries to cancel out or remove an unhealthy, destructive, or other otherwise threatening thought or action by engaging in contrary behavior. For example, after thinking about being violent with someone, one would then be overly nice or accommodating to them. So that is considered a defense mechanism, and I really believe that any of the characters could display this, but especially the one that's guilty at the end. Well, yeah, talking about the one who's guilty at the end, adversely to what you just said, they had just made love and had a great night, and then he goes to kill her, so it's against the contrary of what had well, just he happened, ki- Yeah, right? he killed her. And then went back to make love to his wife, hoping... And then left. And then he left. He went to where? The the beach house. Mm-hmm. Where he hid... The sculpting uh-huh. gavel. Yes. So I think that Whoa. that is... If you look up Undoing on Google, there's, like, obviously the normal, what is Undoing? But... The psychological definition is what I just said. And I think because she's a therapist, she basically didn't realize what was right in front of her. Mm -hmm. Like the undoing portrayed by her husband to her. And I also feel like that's where her premonition slash delusions go into full effect because she's able to... She's able to diagnose her patients perfectly, but anybody who's directly involved in her social circle slash her life, mm-hmm. it's all out the window. Anything that she's learned is out the window. That sounds very familiar. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so second question. I feel like there are many details left out. What happened to the painting Elena painted of Grace? I do agree that there's a lot of details that I think are brought to light and then you don't really hear about them again like I wish so the painting I know we talked about this earlier you told me that we did see the painting and I can't remember that at all Um, but we find out that Elena was basically obsessed with Grace Mm -hmm. everything about this woman she was obsessed with that's why she wanted to join the PTA that's why she went to that party that night um uh grace walked her home she was in the gym like we find out all these things but we also find out that elena apparently was like an artist um, because her artist studio is where her and hugh grant would like make love and 
whatever. That was like her escape. But one of her escapes was also painting Grace. And, and, like, why wasn't that put into evidence? Exactly. I just wish we could have, like, learned a little bit more about Elena. Mm-hmm. We were kind of, like, from the beginning, I know it was one of, like, my favorite moments of, like, her basically taking her tit out at the PTA meeting. But, like, we should have known a little bit more about Elena. I kind of just feel like she was brushed over and then it's all about the trial or, like, the tribulations of these characters. I honestly don't feel like she was brushed over. If it wasn't for her, there wouldn't be this season. Well, of course. I just wish we knew more about this mysterious woman. On top of that, one of the sneaking suspicions that I had about... uh, uh, Jonathan and Grace's son was that they actually saw mm-hmm. Jonathan and Elena having a not a kiss a moment they had a moment mm-hmm. together that's a good word thank you Gina yeah uh, they had this moment together that uh, the son was able to witness and Jonathan just looks at him with this. It was this smile that I can't describe as anything but evergreen. It was mm-hmm. just nothing but joyous and positive, but not suspicious in yes. any way. He was just, oh, hey, son. Yeah. Like, don't worry about this woman who is so close to me whispering in my While ear. While he's with the son's half-sister and his mistress mm-hmm. at... And then... Okay, well, that's why the son probably protected him. He probably felt something in that moment when he saw Grace and Jonathan together. But he didn't really want to make anything come to light. So when anything did come to light, which was after the murder and with the murder weapon, and he ran it through the dishwasher two, three times, Uh I think. Yeah. uh, He was just like... You know what? That's my dad. He loves me. I love him. Let's And do he really this. wanted, the son really wanted the family to still be together. Because mm-hmm. um, he kept asking Grace, like, does this mean that, like, dad can't come home or we can't be a family again? But then in the last, like, few moments of that, like, car chase and everything that led up to it, I think the son realized, like, I have to let go of um, this ideal of, like, a perfect family because this man is not my father. Yeah. And he is basically a killer. Yeah. Um, so, but well, I do, I wish we could have, like, had more on the painting. But here's, here's another thing. When Jonathan showed up to Fernando's uh, apartment, and do you remember, Jonathan put his foot in the way of the door mm-hmm. when Fernando tried to close it on him. Yeah. And at that moment, I actually thought that Fernando was a suspect because Jonathan could have known that, you know, the husband was following with her, following Elena, Mm -hmm. might have thought that something was up with somebody else. Why is she spending so much time at... And this isn't just a studio. This is a full apartment that Mm -hmm. she's renting to do her art in. And her things. And her things, which includes her adulterous affair with Jonathan. Uh, Were there other men, or was it 
just... I think it was Jonathan, and I think she was trying to have her own separate family, but she was trying to conceal it as her own family, which is exactly why the child of hers and Jonathan's Mm -hmm. wasn't ever really made a prominent storyline other than that was the love child. That's true. Like, I guess what happened to the child? Because during the trial, Mm -hmm. we don't really see the child anymore, except, I mean, in the beginning we did. But then we just didn't. And Fernando even said, I don't know how to love her. Mm -hmm. I can't love her. Mm -hmm. I've tried. How can you love something that isn't your own, that is basically created out of a lie? Mm-hmm. Um, and not love for you, but love for someone else. It's made out of, what's the word? Lust. Lust and Lord knows what. Yeah. But yeah, so I guess the child and the painting, those are two like huge things that could have been explored, but at the same time, there's only six episodes. So yeah. what are we going to focus on? Um, If there were eight episodes, I would choose the next two to be about why the painting was made and why, I mean, you find out when Fernando is like, have you met the child before? And Jonathan like kind of looks at him and he's like, yes, I felt her before. What if I like, if we could go back and recreate a scene or like something that didn't happen well, I hope it didn't happen. I just missed it. But what if after like that uh, party, when they're in the elevator, Elena and Grace kiss, or there's like this weird goodbye, like, thank you kiss, because Elena kept telling Grace how kind she was, like how beautiful she was. What if that was the night that like, maybe Grace goes home and she like, has her own little experience in the bedroom thinking about Elena mm-hmm. while Elena is already knows who Grace is, but she's like painting, you know, that night, that portrait of Grace. So they both are like thinking about each other. And it's a beautiful portrait. Yeah. Like, See, I miss that listeners. Like, huh, I definitely miss that. It's a beautiful portrait. Uh, another episode that could be fascinating is, uh, Hugh and Grace's son mm-hmm. finding the weapon at the beginning of the episode uh-huh. and his whole thought process through what he's seen and what he knows. Yes. And that whole hour is dedicated to his thought process through this entire thing. I Almost like, that. like you know how like Euphoria recently has had like two mm. interim episodes between season one mm-hmm. and season two. One focuses on Rue, one focuses on Jules. Yes. Imagine an episode that's based around Henry's thought process of this entire series. It would be entitled Henry, you good. <laughs> it would be entitled. Oh, uh, call back to the candy. Oh, Henry. Oh, Henry. (laughs) Um, Okay, our last question is a pretty, like, simple one, but I'd love to know, like, who do you think did it, and did you read the Reddit predictions? And I will say that the entire time I mentioned earlier, um, I thought it was the grandfather I legitimately, like, went through each of, like, the prominent players, and I just felt like there was a very huge mystery, one of your words, Rye, of who is this grandfather and why 
is he so like a central like focal point of the show he's a billionaire tons of money loves his daughter hates hugh grant doesn't want her to have anything to do with him um paid hugh grant a lot of money somehow was at elena's apartment Mm -hmm. one night like there's all of these clues um that allude to the possibility that it could be him so i just kind of figured because we don't hear so much from him but he's always around and a part of like all these transactions that would be great if like the last episode is this huge twist i also think that um lily's character could have been uh sylvia sylvia so like grace's best friend her confidant um, she did play a huge role where she, remember in the bathroom? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mm-hmm. can't remember exactly like that. She. Did she record I don't th- something? I, I don't think that anything about her edit ruled her out. Mm-hmm. I think that she was always one of the, I don't think it's her, but it could be her. But it could be her. There's great memes about this too, you guys. But I thought it could be. Can we post a few? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will definitely post a few, especially, um, we didn't mention this, but there's a lot of like popular social media influencers and or like just popular people like the Kardashians. Um, A lot of like, I don't know, I will post these like screenshots, but like there was a rapper that was like, do not spoil the last undoing episode. So there was like fandom for sure of just like people within media that didn't want any spoiler alerts. But anyway, um, Lily, grandfather, that's who I thought could have done it. I did read the Reddit predictions and that didn't deter me from who I was picking. But on my final, um, I guess my whodunit Venmo um I don't know, challenge with my friends, I picked a grandfather. Mm-hmm. And then I had to Venmo someone who picked Jonathan. The only person in our group that picked Jonathan. So she got all of the money from everybody. All of the money. And we all fought like, no effing way. And just as a TVB spoiler alert, we do not condone illegal gambling and any sense of the form but if you were to do it we will not judge you but we will accept any monetary amount <laughs> mm-hmm. uh you can find us if you click on our bio and our instagram you could just go ahead and buy us a drink and tip us a little bit if you're enjoying what you're hearing or a coffee yeah in terms of uh i did not read any of the reddit predictions uh i haven't read anything about it mm. i've only watched but I thought that it was definitely Fernando, Henry, or I thought that it was, uh, you know, during uh, episode five, I thought for a brief second that it could have been Lily Robb's character, mm-hmm. Sylvia. But I thought that it was Franklin. I thought that Donald, Donald Sutherland's character, Grace's father, mm-hmm. was the one behind everything and just orchestrating everything. And um, I thought that he could have even brought his grandson into it and be like, look, you're the last person that anybody's going to suspect. And then at the end of episode five, you realize that, you know what? It is the son that did it. And then it throws you for a loop. And then you're just I, I, I honestly thought I honestly thought that Hugh Grant was taking his son away to protect him Mm -hmm. and that the story that 
Henry constructed about him finding the weapon and putting it through the dishwasher a few times was solely to throw the scent off of his dad and that Jonathan was just going to, you know, give his son a new life in Mexico. Until. (laughs) Until you realize that he's actually the one that did it, and he was pardoned in episode two, but still the same suspect, and I was given nothing. I was given no satisfaction in figuring out who who it could have been, because... It wasn't anybody that I thought that it was. And if you guys chose Jonathan, please tell us what your satisfaction was because that's a whole hell of a lot of satisfaction to everyone else. Let us know what you guys thought in terms of your disappointment. Yeah. Because if you thought it was the grandfather, well, like Ryan and I, we sure as heck were disappointed. I guess we were undone at that point. We were so undone. Cheers to Cheers that. to that. Uh, and we're going to go ahead and post in our uh, link tree a quiz that tells you exactly what character from The Undoing oh you are. Oh my gosh. So Gina and I already previously took the test for each other. Yes. <laughs> and ourselves. So let's go ahead and start with uh, what we got for ourselves. Um, I personally got Grace Frazier, played by Nicole Kidman. And the description says, whether it's friends or family, you're always there to lend an ear. People love coming to you for advice because you're not afraid to tell it how it is. Gina, do you feel like that's accurate? I feel like barring Nicole Kidman, because I would never compare you to Nicole Kidman, I think that's totally true. Yeah. Like, every time there's something going on, I feel like, who do I want to call Ryan? Because not only do you have, like, this, like, come to me, um, like, lend me your ear, but you also have like a comedic approach as well. So if there's something really serious happening, you're just like, yes, this is really bad. But X, Y, and Z. And that's why I love you. But you could have been on the Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But it could have been worse. Um, but I do think that people come to you when things in life are happening because you do have a good outlook. You have a lot of good input and you have... You know, like, where do we go from here? Yeah. And let's have some fun and take a shot. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, you guys. I got Elena, <laughs> all of us, go figure. Always killed off. <laughs> um, <but laughs> okay, description is, you tend to be more of a free spirit and thrive in creativity. Mystery is also your middle name, and you leave others on their toes. Which I feel like is pretty accurate. Yeah. Maybe not, like, the mistress who gets, like, beaten because she's having like an affair but I feel like all of that's pretty true I do leave people on their toes I like to be mysterious I'm definitely a free spirit I like creativity some of that may have changed now that I'm like married (laughs) what's funny is just for fun I decided to take the quiz on behalf of Gina oh yes and she was still Elena 
And I guess that's really meh. <laughs> however. However, I took the quiz for Ryan and um, just letting you guys know he was Jonathan. But regardless of like, well, who Jonathan is, um, you have a driven personality and value being successful at everything you do. With your confidence, you easily stand out from the rest in a room. So I love that about you because it's all true. We just won't get into the part that's actually like who Jonathan is as a person. <laughs> I could never ever kill anybody. <laughs> we'll leave it at that, you guys. <laughs> He's not undone yet. I'm not undone yet. Cheers to that as we go into Cheers my favorite segment when Gina tells us a few things about the show. Oh, yes. This is usually when Ryan, like, pours another drink and... <laughs> My drink is filled. I am here for you. He is I am here your for audience. Me. So this is 14 things you probably didn't know about The Undoing. A lot of this we pretty much, like, went over already, but... If um, we were wrong, we'll find out what we were wrong about, right? Exactly. So the show is based on a New York Times bestselling novel. I think we've already established that, but if you didn't hear it... It's called You Should Have Known. Uh, I would love to read it. I do hear that it's pretty, like, different, but at the same time, like, there's still, like, a lot of letdown, which kind of makes me sad. One thing that I do find interesting is that, like, for Gone Girl, you will also see that there's, like, mm, Gone a... Gone Girl, that's um, a good one. There's also a Wikipedia for the book. There is no Wikipedia page for You Should Have Known. So Gone Girl, I read the book and highly recommend the book over the, sh the movie or was it a miniseries? Uh, I think it movie. was a movie. It was a movie. The movie is good, but the I still book, haven't seen it. Uh, it's, the book is everything because you are imagining who this woman is. And then when you actually find out who she is in the movie, you're like, ah, kind of let down. Anyway. One, one thing that I do find about books, uh, and then I'll let you continue, is there are certain books like The Lovely Bones where I was able to get more of a character description of people mm -hmm. and imagine how it is in my head. Uh, to put it into context... One thing that I love about reading books is I will never forget when I was reading the first Hunger Games story. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure I mentioned this on the podcast before, but if you're new to this, welcome to How My Mind Works. <laughs> uh, there was this beautiful, almost page-long dialogue of how Katniss turned and the lights made it look like the holographics on her dress was burning up. And I was so excited to see that in the movie. So excited. That was the thing that I was looking most forward to when I was watching yeah. the movie. I was like, I want to see how they manifest this scene. But she turned around in a mermaid gown with CGI fire. <laughs> Nothing was done with lights. Nothing was done mm -hmm. with anything. So I cannot really trust book to uh, celluloid. I think from like mystery to fantasy, whatever you're reading, yeah, like Hunger Games, Harry Potter, Lovely Bones is a great one too. Gone Girl, 
all of these like books, you just are imagining different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vampire Diaries, not Vampire Diaries. Uh, what is it called? Uh, Twilight. Uh, Twilight. 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 Um, Twilight. Twilight. Midnight. Sun. Uh, something. All of those. New Moon. New Moon. Yeah. So you just are imagining these things, and then when there's an actor like Nicole Kidman, or there's you know like that scene in Hunger Games, you're just so disappointed, and then you lose that love that you had for the story in general. So I'm happy, A, we didn't, like, read the book because I would be really pissed. Same. Um, Same. Or I probably wouldn't even watch the the series. But anyways, if you guys have, like, something, a book that you've read that you're like, I was so disappointed or agree with any of the ones we just, I mean, Gone Girl, that is, that brings back some (sighs) memories. That was such a good book. Let us know. I'd love to read something new. Yeah. Okay, so number two, Kidman sings the theme song, but she didn't want to. We already knew that, but for those that didn't, there is actually um, like an after the episode where like they kind of like cover her singing um, the intro, and I just kind of feel like that's Nicole Kidman. She's like, no, please, I don't want to do this, and in reality, she's like, "Uh, yes, please. Do you know who my husband is? I'd love to sing, finally, so... I kind of was like not shocked or surprised by that, but I also was like, "That's kind of cute." Like, let this was, be her time. This is the first time that I've heard that she's been uh, not willing to sing Do the you, theme song of it. Uh, oh, is it? Um, I I feel like Mulan I, Rouge the same. No, 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 no. I feel like I feel like Nicole Kidman has a beautiful, lovely voice. She does. I don't know why she would ever have any kind of like regrets about doing anything that she does vocally. Yeah. Uh, I mean, other than her accent this season. Her accent seems to change from season to season. Um, The next fun fact is basically a lot of these looks were designed for Grace herself. So, uh, Unlike a lot of Upper East Side's very rich women in the show, she wears a lot of, like, autumn colors. A lot of those coats, those are made specific to Grace's character, which you probably wouldn't see someone of her stature, um, her position, and her billionaire father just walking around at 5 a.m., coming from Elena's, like, you know, walking by her, like, little apartment. I think that's kind of cool. Have we even touched on the fact that they got uh you know cameras around the city no and they always like found her and did they find her dad too no just her like basically walking at these mysterious hours to where you would think she's living a double life i think she was in a trance when she was walking i think she was so tired and crazed in her mind of this can't be real life. She had no clue about her surroundings, and she likely walked right by her husband killing Elena. Yes, and just didn't know it. That's how aloof she was to him, the situation, and her life. Because um, I guess she was like putting a lot of that into her patience, or just yeah. trying to, maybe. Uh, but anyways, t- check out her coats. And just basically her wardrobe and wigs. We didn't talk about this, but she is apparently known for like wearing wigs in all of 
the like movies that she does. And I never really thought about this until one of like our friends like spoke out about it. And I was like, wow, I guess we've never really seen her true hair. No, I have tea. Yeah, I have tea. This is one of the only times that we see her true hair. She the curls? Has, her hair is Oh, naturally, that is tea, you guys. Her hair because is Because this is curly. beautiful. Her hair is curly. This is her hair. Practical Magic, Stepford Wives. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stepford Wives, uh, yeah. Australia. All wigs. Mm-hmm. This? This is her authentic self. Her hair, she might have a fall in like Mariah Carey, but... <laughs> Who doesn't? This is... This is her interesting natural color and texture. I love it. Um, uh, can I do that? <laughs> Actually, if you were to go anything from your natural color, I could see you doing curly, redheaded Nicole Kidman. Her hair is like everything, but I it could also see you. It, like it takes over the room. It's so like, it's just. It's powerful. It's breathtaking. Mm-hmm. It really is. But her also her like skin tone and everything about her just takes over a room because it's very like chilling. I'm going to present a challenge for myself. I am not going to input anything for the next three facts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, this is the second time Donald Sutherland has played Kidman's on-screen dad. What? So the other time was in Cold Mountain where apparently he played... Her father, which I feel like that was an amazing movie, but it was has been so long because I believe 2003. That's quite some time ago, but I think we should maybe watch that again. Or if you've watched it, listeners, you probably already know. I love this next fact. The Undoing filmed at one of the same New York City locations as Gossip Girl. So all those Gossip Girl fans out there, XOXO, you probably saw a lot of similar New York um, locations. We already discussed this. Uh, the son of Grace, Noah, yes, played a young version of Shiloh LaBeouf's in Honey Boy. And also, what was it, Ryan? What was his other? Uh, uh, my goodness. Uh, Noah Jupe was also in A Quiet Place. Yes, A Quiet Place. And that is uh, such a good movie. So yes, young you know Otis. That the sequel's coming out this year. Uh, so it's Quiet Place Three. The, the Quiet Place Two. I thought we already saw that. Quiet Place, Quiet Place. Well, I don't know if it was called Quiet Place or if it was called like the place. Hold on, <laughs> but let me look this up really quick. There's two. So far. A I also place. see that he was in Ford vs. No, Ferrari. Part two is coming out in September of 2021. I thought we already saw it. Maybe we didn't. Maybe it came out in theaters. Are you thinking of the bird box? Maybe. Because oh, they're that both movie. sensory deprivation. It was around the same like, time yeah, frame. Yeah. Okay. Then I definitely am. Okay. Carry on. Moving on. Before the undoing. So. The character of um, Haley. Haley. She was in Harry Potter on Broadway, which is kind of crazy. Wait, that's the that's the uh, uh, what's a uh, cursed child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That do you know? I that, love that, her so much. Do you know that that premiered in uh, San Francisco? No. 
But that would have been really cool to see. I heard it was like a very long production, like yeah, multi-layer. You had to buy a ticket for the first part and the second part because altogether it's like six hours. Hey, Corey, can you take me to this one show, a.k.a. it's like <laughs> nine, 19 hours long? My most recent ex is the hugest Harry Potter fan. Did he see it? He refused. He was like, I cannot sit through this. Well, it's also like, okay, so once again, we're talking about taking it from the book to the movie, to the stage. Those are three completely different, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, imaginations. And the thing is, straight plays, straight plays, not meaning that they're done by heterosexuals, but like, you know, there's no singing, there's no zhuzh involved. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what the lead song of the Harry Potter musical was like. If you saw I'm it, magical, listeners, I'm magical. I have a lightning bolt in the middle of my head. I play Quidditch and I throw the thing. <laughs> Let us know if you saw it. <laughs> we should probably look that up after. Um, okay, next. The Frasier's Beach House is available to rent on Airbnb. Oh, God. Sign me up. It's located on Long Island in New York. Actually, that would be really fun. Its booking rates start at just over $1,000 a night. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Maybe my bachelorette. <laughs> um, the Undoing is, so Elena's character is played by Matilda De Angelis. It's her first major role in the U.S. So she's an Italian. Yeah, she's she an Italian actress. She awards in Italy, but then this was like her first role that this she. This is her first U.S. I mean, wish we didn't like get rid of her so fast because. I guess I am her. But, I mean, she did have a, if it weren't for you, then watch the show. (laughs) I know. Like, I mean, the show is her. Yeah. So, I guess she, like, continuing on with her and her character, she couldn't even figure out who the killer was while reading the script. And I think we all are, like, right there with your sister. Seeing her picture, do you know who she reminds me of? Who? She's so beautiful. Imagine if Rue and Maddie had a child in Euphoria. Okay. Ugh, we love Euphoria. We might have to, like, you know, I do a little recap I think we have to soon. touch on that during uh, Bee's Buzz. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm right there with her. Um, Sutherland's character frequently sits at a New York City landmark. I think we, like, know that he's always, like, this prominent man sitting, thinking, listening. Lots of celebrities have become fans of the show. I mentioned that earlier, and I will post some screenshots of some kind of fun things that during the course of those six episodes, um, basically, for example, one of the Kardashians wrote, if anyone ruins undoing finale by posting it on their Instagram, I'll cry. And then Kidman apparently like replied, promise, no spoilers. So I think... I mean, this was definitely something that not just like us as normal viewers, but I mean, it took everyone by storm. What are we going to watch in a pandemic? What are we going to follow besides like the unfortunate things that are happening around us? Well, I mean, I do have something to say about that. Like I follow, you know, RuPaul's Drag Race is my favorite show. I follow a lot of the contestants that I like. I follow RuPaul. I follow World of Wonder, who's the production company. I follow VH1, who airs it. Um, 
I kind of just stay off social media until I know, uh, at least the scrolling portion of it, until I know that uh, I've watched the episode, and then I'll start scrolling and I'll start seeing, you know, things, and it's like, okay, then I'll start liking things, but one of the, uh, I remember about six, seven years ago, Miss Fame was eliminated from season seven, and I had no clue that she was eliminated. She was one of my picks to make it to the top three. She's so beautiful. And then I'm scrolling through, and it's like, oh, watch uh, What You Packing with Michelle Visage and the newest member, you know, Miss Fame. And it was a couple of days after mm-hmm. the elimination. I just didn't watch it. And I was just like, all right, now you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to definitely watch it as soon as it's available to the subscription that I purchased for that season, which is generally the next day. And I'm just simply not going to scroll through my feed. I'm going to check my messages. I'm yes. going to go through my stories. If I see anything that says spoiler alert, I'm probably just going to skip through the story anybody who's mad about spoilers be mad at yourself for being on social media yeah but I also feel like you can do it in a creative way like if you know a show is coming on at nine like pacific time where we are in california and you know that six o'clock east coast is watching it they know what's happening it's kind of fun to see like throughout the day before six because I do this with like a lot of the bravo shows the reality shows I watch before six, look at what people are saying, just kind of like the hype behind it. And I think, um, like we mentioned, this show had so much hype. Um, one of the next like things that I think we discussed earlier, we talked about Game of Thrones, but the show's finale brought in 3 million viewers, making it the most watched episode of an HBO original series since the season two finale of Big Little Lies in 2019 so like i love euphoria for example we cover that show um i love big little lies too now we're on hbo max so i'm wondering if some of these like statistics will change in time well like i know that euphoria was on uh hbo max but i feel like people who were down for it were down for it from season from episode one oh totally Definitely. Or just not into it. Yeah. But yeah, don't let other people like on social media, just don't go on. If you know there's a season finale, don't go on like any social media unless it's possibly like the morning or afternoon. Mm -hmm. Anytime before six o'clock. Anytime after six, you're done. Here's the thing. 12 hours after it airs, I feel like you don't have to really post spoilers. Yeah. You're welcome, listeners, for telling you spoilers <laughs> months and months later. You're welcome that we basically told you everything you need to know. <laughs> um, okay, this is a big one that we didn't discuss, but it should be kind of obvious. According to the director, there may never be a second season of the show, which a lot of um, the interviews with like Hugh and Nicole Kidman, basically like from the book, it's kind of just like they said everything they need to say. Like, what do you really need to see that hasn't been shown? We've thought about our own things that we wish, like, could have been interwoven. But at the same time, I don't need to see Hugh Grant in jail. I don't really care. Like, I was so disappointed at the ending that I'm like, I'm done. Like, Mm -hmm. I really don't think the undoing 
could be any more undone. Cheers. But like, I think we're done with, with that. We're done with it. Um, and that's really all I have. I mean, there's not a lot of like things that are spoilers besides the obvious. I mean, I think if you didn't know Nicole Kidman saying the intro, that's like kind of a fun fact, but not having a season two, I'm okay with that. Um, I'm, I'm pretty good with knowing that like we ended where we need to end. It would be like, okay, to bring it back to something that I mentioned before about a novel, it's like, what if you were to have a lovely bones too let's call it the glamorous bones and you know this person in spirit comes back to solve another murder yes it would be a really good sequel to anybody who was a fan of the movie yeah however anybody who is fans of the novel Mm -hmm. it's just like you're reaching for straws and you're just kind of yeah you're you're not really doing anything for the story of what we love you're simply doing it for marketing reasons because now these viewers are already pissed because Hugh Grant is the killer the last thing they want to see is him in jail again Mm -hmm. you know and watching that all play through because we already saw that we saw him in jail. We saw trials. We saw, like, basically all the characters just going through some effed up times. Why do we need to, like, play on that? You know, if there were to be a spinoff, I hope that it's Haley covering another case. That would be cool because I love her. She's a She's badass. She's fantastic. And I feel like she really made, like, herself known on the scene. And I think a lot of people love that. I have a quote from, like, an article about her. She's arguably the most intelligent, skilled lawyer depicted in pop culture in quite some time. Mm-hmm. So go on, girl. But what if, like, the undoing, maybe it's, like, her covering another case of, like, maybe it's white privilege, like, the same type of family, or maybe it's something completely different. But that would be kind of fun. But at least the murder mystery, hopefully this time, it's a who done it and ends with a completely, like, throw you for a loop type thing well another thing is with uh the Haley character Mm -hmm. literally even Marsha Hardin who was the uh prosecuting attorney Mm -hmm. on the OJ Simpson trial I feel like even she would be shook by her oh totally says a lot totally my best like memory of her is besides the muck moment is when she's like looking at Hugh Grant and she's like well yeah you were dumb enough to leave the murder weapon like at the beach house like how much more like dumb can you be like to leave the murder weapon for your family to see this is a property in your name like you're so sick that you kind of like want to be caught you know Mm -hmm. like you kind of want people to know that like you've unraveled or unraveled or like what we said earlier about like the psychological meaning of undoing. Like, you kind of wanted people to see that in a sick way. But that's the thing. He thinks he's so powerful, he's untouchable, so he could do anything Mm -hmm. without... Yeah, he lost his job, had an affair, had a baby, um, killed someone, and thought he could still have... Oh, killed his sister! And it wasn't until after he was finally put into courts that people realized, yeah, you know what? Something has been undone. Cheers Your to reputation. 
Uh, we'll be right back after a message from uh, what sponsor are we going to choose? Who knows? Here we go. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. It's us, the TVBs. Do you want to have some fun? Yes, of course. Tell you, me more. Let's have a drink together. You want to know how? How? It's fun and easy. All you have to do is go to lgvwines.com. You know where the link is? In bio. That's right. For $29.90 per month. First month, only $5.95. You will get... Four fun size bottles. You know how fun size they are? How fun size? One bottle fits in one wine glass. No way! It's like, what? So, all you have to do is go to our bio, and they have fun bundles just for you. My favorite bundle is called the Decadent Dessert, which is four sweet white wines that feature notes of mangoes, honey, passion fruit, and raspberries. My favorite bundle is called La Vie and Rose. It's sweet and fruity, exuding four different French rose scents like strawberry, roses of course, lemon, and honey. Yum! Sign up today for your exclusive four-bottle offer, and you could skip any month at any time. This makes your tasting experience fun, almost like you're at a carnival, or a cruise. So cruise on over to lgvwines.com. Tell them one more time where they can find the link. In bio. Link where? In bio. Get to it, cool cats and kittens. Cheers, you bee. All right, you bees. It's about that time. We definitely hope you're undone at this point. Ooh, and with uh... that said, cheers and... We're to the point of final thoughts. If you haven't listened at all to the podcast in general, then this should not be a surprise to you what our final thoughts are. I don't really want to repeat myself, and I'm sure, Ryan, you don't want to either, but... I don't either. I just feel like if you if you want to watch it, go ahead and watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to enjoy yourself either you're way. You're definitely going to enjoy yourself, but if anything, like... Watch the acting. Nicole Kidman, Hugh Grant, amazing. Um, everything else, you know, just kind of unravels. And I think if you're up to the challenge, if you have six episodes in you, go ahead and do it. HBO Max, The Undoing. But final thoughts, you heard them already. Yeah. Uh, if you wanted to find out what we think might be comparable to this series if you wanted to like continue on it we do have some supplemental information um for me this reminded me not in plot but in the mystery of suspense is sleeping with the enemy mm. starring uh julia roberts from the 1990s okay Love Julia Roberts. Just because, even though the plot has nothing to do with anything that the undoing has to do with, you are still somebody who's sleeping with the enemy and running from the truth and figuring out this For new both life. Elena and Nicole Kidman. Yeah. They both were sleeping with their enemy in the long run. 
And I watched Sleeping with the Enemy for the first time within the past three or four months. And as soon as I started the undoing, I was like, oh, I could see how somebody could be framed for this, or I could mm-hmm. see how somebody could be setting themselves up to be the victim of yes. this. Um, the outcomes are different. The plots are completely different, but I highly recommend Sleeping with the Enemy just because it's a great movie, just as I would recommend uh, The Pelican Brief, also starring mm. uh, Julia Roberts. I but... haven't seen that. No. But these are good. Uh, these are good things for me to like. Well, sleeping with the enemy to dabble back into. And what was the second one? Pen- the Peng- pelican, pelican brief. brief. It's basically like a political drama mystery type of situation where Julia Roberts' character realizes that the reason that somebody was assassinated was because of the report that she had written about a certain uh, climate bill. Okay. It's really good. It's one of my favorite movies. It looks like we can watch it on Netflix. <laughs> Do you want to watch it? Um, yes. Maybe after this. All right. So thank you, Rye, for that. Um, really quickly... I've already mentioned this earlier, but Nicole Kidman in Pretty Little Lies, also on HBO, mm. which I guess now HBO Max, original. I mean, Pretty Little Lies is very special. If you uh, watch that, those PTO, PTA moments where all the women are together gossiping about their own lives and basically like overriding each other um, because of like some crazy ass-ish that's going on in their own like basically individual lives themselves, like that is Pretty Little Lies. What happened in The Undoing could very much be one singular plot in Pretty Little Lies. Mm-hmm. Between two of the housewives. Exactly. Uh, and isn't it like uh, Reese Witherspoon and like Carrie Washington yes, or something? Yes, there's a star-studded cast. There's like four or five women. Um, but yes, I mean, it's just like comparable because it's just it's just perfect. Um, and also little fires everywhere <laughs> is something that I guess we will be seeing again this season. During our season finale, which is in roughly three episodes from now. Yes. And um, what I mentioned earlier with Donald Sutherland, um, who played Nicole Kidman's father in Cold Mountain, that's a great movie. So definitely if you like both of them together, check that out as well. And this is also another favorite of ours, the king and queen bee. I mean, it's kind of hard to really uh, nail this one down, but I think I have mine. Go ahead. Um, king bee, now that we know 100% who who done it, I will would definitely say the grandfather is the king bee to me. I agree. I um, agree. I just feel like he had his daughter's back like through and through even though it was very questionable at times um he was there for her and he challenged her and although money does talk like I just feel like his relationship with her talked louder in a sense yeah even though there's still some things I question but that's overall why I think 
Uh, Grandpa is King B. Uh, I agree with you. As for my Queen B, yes, it's definitely uh, Noma Dumazweni as Haley Fitzgerald. Yes, she who is, is a queen. The uh, defense attorney for Jonathan's character, and you know. To be completely honest with you, Gina, one of my favorite scenes is also the muck scenes. Yes. Uh, she made she made her presence known. She knew exactly what she was there for. She, I mean, at the end of the day, she carried the last three episodes. Mm-hmm. <sighs> There's nothing that I appreciate more than a strong attorney figure who's willing to cross anybody that's in their way. However, one thing that she never suspected was that Grace was going to ever cross her. Yes. However, when she was crossed, she, she, was took, on her the, side. she took the L graciously. Mm-hmm. And said, what a dummy you are. Mm-hmm. I love her. Um, I will say, to me, my queen bee is Grace. Only because I saw her as such a weak character in the beginning. Like, extremely weak. Um, because there were moments where she was very close to, like, siding with Hugh Grant. Taking him back in. I mean, yes, they played this public persona. Like, holding hands and doing all these things. But... At the end, she came to, and she basically was the whole reason why, like, that person is not in her or her son's life anymore. Mm -hmm. And I don't think if it wasn't for that moment in the courtroom during that trial, like, literally, she grew a pair to sit there and do everything that everyone thought she would never do um, as this, like, you know wife in the upper class like it's okay she has her own money has her own job she has her son like they don't have to go to that school anymore they don't have to live there like they can create a whole new life somewhere else but the fact that she just was true to herself and true to basically you know the family of even though like how hurtful would that be to testify against your own husband and tell the truth about what he did. It's like she wanted to see right done to, you know, at least that little girl. Right? It was a girl. Uh, I think it was a little The infant. The infant. Yes, the infant. I mean, let that infant live in a a life where, you know, the man that murdered the mother is not there. So, claps to both of them. But this leads to our B's rating. I think it might be the first time in our TVB history. (laughs) I mean... If I'm thinking what you're thinking. All right. So my King B... Between looking at my King B and the outcome of the plot and my Queen B, we like to rate everything on a scale of B plus, B or B minus, because of course we are the TVBs. Yes. So on the count of three, can we go ahead and give our B rating to it? Yes. Three, two, one. B, B. minus. 
See, the reason that I scored a little bit above a B minus was I appreciated the mind games. As pissed off as I was about the end game, I loved the mind games. Um, I rated Undoing as much as I loved the stellar acting. Um, I just felt felt like it fell short at the end. Um, I felt like we were so enwrapped in all of the characters that the fact that it was Hugh Grant, cool, great. Um, I just wish that maybe more things were explored that were overlooked if it was in fact Hugh, which it was the entire time. Um, I feel like that surprise was not a surprise, not what they wanted the viewers to feel. I feel it was more like a betrayal um, when it should have just been like a, yes, like we finally got him. It was more like a, mm -hmm. are you serious? And I yeah. wish we could have really felt what Nicole Kidman and the son were feeling in those last few moments of like, we did it, you guys, rather than I can't watch this because I can't believe that it was him the entire time. So that's my B minus. I totally agree with your B too, but for me, B minus because I also lost money during the bet. <laughs> well, I mean, I want you guys to message us. Let us know exactly what your rating is, who you thought it could have been. And, uh, Next week, we're going to be back at you with uh, another Bees Buzz episode where yes. we talk about the current events, and we have a lot going on in the... So much. I feel like we have to fill you in on what we're watching, what we're doing, mm -hmm. and also, we will be discussing Ryan's pick of... Ratchet. Ratchet. So if you want to get a little bit of pre-story, go ahead and watch Ratchet on Netflix starring uh, Sarah Paulson. Mm -hmm. Or go ahead and watch One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest starring uh, Louise Fletcher. And I believe that that's on one of the streaming platforms either Hulu or Netflix. Either way, it's available for you to watch, and we get to uh, explore Mildred Ratchet's backstory. Can't wait. Um, Did you eat the peach? I, I've eaten the peach several <laughs> times. You'll find out more about that soon. Either way, I think we're feeling pretty undone. We're so undone, and we hope you are too. Welcome back to us. Yes. Welcome back, TVBs. See you soon. I love you all. <laughs>